Hello friends, Dr. Joseph coming to you today and we're going to be reading here on day 24 of our podcast. We're going to be reading uh, 3rd John and I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 4 and I'm reading out the New International Version. And so uh, I'm going to also give you an uh, overview of the book and just to kind of get a little bit of the context behind things. We're going to see a little bit of just how it connects and relates to the overall writings from 1 John and 2 John as well. So uh, let's let's look here at verse 1. It says, The elder, to my dear friend Gaius, whom I love in the truth, dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. It gave me great joy when some believers came and testified about your faithfulness to the truth, telling how you continue to walk in it. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Well, once again, we're we're here looking at this uh, passage and looking at uh, the book of 3 John. uh, And really, we kind of just see a little bit of, once again, what's the connection here? And once again, we we see 3 John, uh, the elder that's referenced here is the apostle John. Uh, We see that... uh, there's this connection, such as the writing from 2 John, 1 John, but we really begin to have this question, not, not really as much about John, but really who's Gaius uh, that's here? Um, and so what's he, what's he saying? Because he's the recipient of the letter. Well, the epistle is addressed to Gaius, and Gaius was actually, it's a common Roman name. During this time, we, we see it appears about five times in the New Testament. Now, just because you see that name doesn't mean that it may be the same person. So it's just something we just got to be aware of. It'd be like writing to uh, James here, and then you write to another James. Well, there may have been different Jameses that were being written to. But John calls this man a dear friend. Uh, Gaius is actually, we're going to see, commended later on uh, for his hospitality. Once again, I'm going to let somebody else kind of share a little bit about the value of that. But the thing that we see here reference is uh, just how he was somebody that was walking in the truth, as it says in verse 3. And in fact, some tradition even says that Gaius would have been one that John appointed as a bishop of Pergamum later on. So whether he is one of those mentioned by Luke earlier in New Testaments or Paul cannot be determined, but we do know he was a dear friend of John, and he was known for his hospitality. It's kind of interesting, even in Pilgrim's Progress, you see how the innkeeper uh, was referenced by John Bunyan uh, in, in his writings, and his name was Gaius as well. So there's this relationship that we just see overall in, in Christianity. Well, what about the place and the date of this? Well, this is going to be similar to Second John. We see Ephesus as that place that's written to, and you know this is usually a, suggested as the location again uh, for this. Uh, the estimated time puts it uh, sometime placed before the destruction of Jerusalem, but uh, it could have been as well after because there's just not really a relationship that's there. What about the purpose of the writing of Third John? What do we see as the purpose of this? Well, uh, it kind of relates a little bit to the three people that are mentioned in the letter. And, and so we see uh, Gaius is, is one that's mentioned. And so there's this way of encouraging him 
in his hospitality. But then we're going to see you know tomorrow about the reference to uh, Diotrephes and Demetrius and and just what what did they do? So you kind of see that John is addressing different people specifically in these ways. But uh, with all of this, you kind of see this theme um, that starts to kind of come out, and it's this one. There's this expression of great joy, but there's also this overall arching theme of don't imitate what's evil, but what is good. And so as somebody is reading this, because God put this within the um, the canon of Scripture for us to see, for us to learn from, and so we're going to see these examples of uh, that John is writing to, and so this is valuable because it does. It it affirms the way that we are to walk in truth and how that is to look, but also is going to uh, condemn as well as commend those as, as well. So uh, that's that's where that kind of sits as the forefront overarching view of the book. But let's kind of walk through a little bit of John's specific words and see what he says. Verse 2, he says, Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. You know, I think that's a that's a powerful reminder for us that whenever we are praying for our friends, you know, we, we so often we we pray for their health, but how often do you pray for somebody's soul to be well? You know, I, I remember, you know, we would sit sometimes in Wednesday prayer meetings at night and nothing wrong with these things. We do want to pray for health, but the old joke is sometimes it sounds like an organ recital. I'm praying for everybody's organs to get better. But how often do I stop and I just pray for somebody's soul to be better, for it to be healthy as well? And maybe that's a challenge for us just to step into is that, you know, when something that you pray for somebody's heart, uh, pray for it to soften or Maybe you pray for somebody's soul to be strengthened in the Lord. You know that they're going through a tough time. What a great reminder for us. And then it says in verse 3, It gave me great joy when some believers came and testified about your faithfulness to the truth. What a powerful, beautiful picture for us that we are to live in such a way that people will testify about our faithfulness in the Lord. I think about how I love in my life, I love reading the biographies and autobiographies of uh, missionaries that have been on the, the mission field before. I, I encourage you, go and read some of these uh, biographies and autobiographies. Read uh, Hudson Taylor's. Read about Lottie Moon. Read about um, George Whitfield and, and so many of these. Uh, George Mueller that they were just so passionate about sharing the gospel. And trust me, you will find that is encouraging. That feeds our soul. Uh, and that's what he's saying. Now, people were coming. They were testifying about how he was faithful uh, in, in this way. And remember, and remember what he says, faithfulness to the truth and how you continue to walk in it. Remember, we talked about in Second John, and we see this overarching theme of, of just this walking in truth and love, right? And so uh, Gaius is somebody that is walking in truth and love. And look at what it, it does to John. It says in verse 4, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. What a wonderful testimony of discipleship. John had 
built Gaius up in such a way, right? He wasn't able to be there with him, but he built him, built him up in such a way that Gaius was continuing to walk in truth. And not only was he continuing to walk in truth and love, but it was overflowing. It was impacting people. And then not only that, but word was getting back to John and it was something that he celebrated in. It was something that it gave him great joy. What an encouragement to know and to see whenever somebody walks in the truth of the Lord. And they're not having to be forced to do it. They're not having to be pressed down to, to do that. They're doing it simply because they love the Lord. I think about that in my own life as a father. The times whenever our children go out and they do things to honor God, not because we told them, but simply because they're being obedient and what God's called them to do in that moment, in that day. That right there gets me excited. And that's true not only just from a physical relationship that we have with our children, but it should be true in a spiritual relationship. Those that we lead to walk in the Lord, those that we disciple along the way, that they're being built up in such a way that it brings about joy to see them growing in the Lord. So I say it's just as an encouragement to you. You know, you have biological children, but let me ask you, do you have spiritual children that are walking in the Lord? And maybe you say, I've never had spiritual children. Listen, there are people out here every single day that are desperate to be led and to be guided into lives of gospel transformation. And that is our cause, believers, to not only just walk ourselves in truth and love, but to lead others to walk in truth and love. And so I hope you're seeing this picture of discipleship over and over again of what that looks like in our lives. And so, friends, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for uh, just enjoying this with us. And we look forward to this next time that we can get together and be in God's Word. And so God bless and talk to you soon.